world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're <laughs> jellyfish. Pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed on this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Boy, there's a lot of phony Christianity circling around out there, especially at Christmas time. And man, I, w- I want you to know this: that I, hey, I'm a work in progress, boys and girls. Who he among you who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. So, so please don't take this as me sitting here being uh, pontiff, right? I speak. That's a whole story too, isn't it? The, the pontiff, whatever the heck, whatever the heck that means. But uh, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, we are we are we're so we're so lost. <laughs> we are so lost. And I did I did uh, uh, this is stream of consciousness here. We're doing it as always, right? I circulated to some of you yesterday, not not to all of you. Hey Spencer, if you can pull up real quickly. Well, I, I don't even know if I want to go there yesterday. Uh, I watched a um, a Zoom. I think that's what they call it, of Trevor Loudon. You guys don't even know who Trevor Loudon is. It's the third thing down, Spence. Uh, I don't know if I have I, I don't know if I have the uh, copyright rights to be able to show this, so I'm not going to show it on my show. But we'll put it in the chat. And this uh, Trevor Loudon takes us through exactly what happened. And if you guys didn't get a, a chance to to see this, I encourage you. I played it at double speed. It's a, it's a little over an hour. It's a Zoom call, but Trevor Loudon takes about the first 45 minutes of it. It's, a, it's an hour and 26 minutes. He takes the first 40 minutes of it, and he lays out exactly what happened to Christianity in, in the best that, I, that, I, that I've, I've, I've ever heard done. I've ever heard done. And I played it at, uh, at uh, two, for those of you not familiar, you can speed up. You can speed things up, right? If you see on this screen right now, it says speed. And so you can click on that speed, and you can put it up to two times. It can go there. See that? You just click on that, and it speeds up for you. And so I put it on 2.0 and listened to the whole thing. And then went back and listened to it again. The most unbelievable explanation of the infiltration of the communists, the Luciferians, the God-haters into the religious establishment to get where we are today. It's fabulous. It's fabulous, folks. I can't emphasize it enough. So I'm going to stick it in the chat only because I don't know. uh, I'm not trying to be sneaky here. It was sent to me privately, and this is part of a Zoom call that he did. He didn't do it alone. He did it with others. So, uh, you know, I'm just trying to be fair to the guy who sent it to me, whether or not I should publish it. So I'll, I'll put it in the chat, and it gives you the link. That you'll need also when it goes in the chat there, you have to have a passcode that you put in there to be able to watch it. And I, I just remember what John F. Kennedy warned us in 1963 just before he was killed? What? He said they're going to get us through uh, infiltration, not invasion. Infiltration. And Trevor Loudon just does a fabulous, fabulous job of explaining to us how we could possibly be where we are where we've lost the fear of the Lord. We've lost, we've lost the fear of the Lord. See, we have the love of the Lord, but not the fear of the Lord. And because we no longer fear the Lord, uh, how did that happen to us? How did, how did we ever get to the point where 
we would accept sinful behavior into the church. You know that the, do you know there used to be a day, <clears throat> look, I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad, okay? But there used to be a day in America <clears throat> that if you got divorced, you were booted out of the church. You guys know that? If you got divorced, you're booted out of the church. I remember I remember when my uh, when I, I was raised Catholic. That's a whole other story. <laughs> we won't go down that road today. But uh, I, I remember <clears throat> uh, my, my, my mom was, wasn't Catholic. My dad was Catholic. And uh, so we were raised in a Catholic church. And I can remember going and, and uh, uh, some conversation came up about some guy who uh, was Catholic but didn't go to Mass anymore. And, and I asked why. And my mom said, well, he, he got divorced. And I thought, what? You, anybody remember that? When you in the Catholic church? If you got divorced, you're excommunicated. You, are, you were gone, man. You were gone. And then, you remember this, don't you? Remember when Catholics had a lot of fam- babies? And you saw a family have a bunch of babies, and you'd say, well, they must be Catholic. Remember that? Anybody remember that, right? Yeah. Because why? Because say what you want to about the Catholic Church. They held the line against a lot of this stuff that's crept in. But somewhere along the line, when they got, especially when they got the communist pope, or if I were to go back and go to the Vatican II or whatever, whatever it was, we saw the loosening of the rules, the standards. The foundations be destroyed. What can the righteous do? And so the foundations of the hard line, by the way, uh, stream of consciousness, Johnny Tuttle, one of our dear friends who, good Catholic man, who showed up at the at the um, abortion clinic regulate abortion mill, sorry, the murder mill regulate, Johnny Do, Johnny Tuttle got some diabetes, lost his toe, and he lost his leg, and uh, he passed away this, this last uh, Friday, I think it was. What a warrior he was. What a warrior he was. And one of my friends said something to, to me, this stream of consciousness, hope you can follow me. One of my friends said to me, boy, when you get a real Catholic man, you get a warrior. And I thought, boy, is that ever true? Is that ever true? When you get a real Catholic man, you get a warrior. Now, that was Johnny Tuttle, man. 35 years, I think, outside those abortion places. Uh, and uh, golly. And you go, you get a Christian man today, for the most part, you get a sissy. You get a compromiser. That's why, that's what enemies within the church. You guys watch this video, I think, enemies within the church. Don't get him confused, okay? Because you watch enemies within the church. Trevor Loudon's a guy who made it. And so he explains to you what happened to us, right? What happened? How we got in, into the mess that we're in. And it's everywhere you look. But I got good news for you. I believe the worm is beginning to turn. And I'm going to tell you, remember on Friday when I read uh, read from, um, oh, my brain, doesn't matter. Read to the guy complaining about uh, homosexual weirdness. Remember I wrote on about uh, I'm, I'm uh, nauseous, homo-nauseous. See, there's more and more and more and more pushback coming. And as, and as it's beginning to certainly reach into our children, more and more men are going to stand there. I'm just listening. I'm going with... A stream of consciousness here, Myra. I haven't forgotten you. Stay with me, okay? Stay with me through real quick. Pull up um, Matt Tuella. By the way, real quickly, Mel has court today. We need to pray for Mel. Uh, put that down, Myra. We're going to pray for Mel. Pray for Mark Mattingly, who continues to have physical struggles. Mel has to go to court from when she was down, got arrested down in uh, in Dayton, Ohio. Say, Coach, come on, get it together. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm trying to. Uh, uh, Matt Truella wrote this uh, this off his website. 
I want to I share this with you this morning. Because <clears throat> we're talking about uh, fierce men. Fierce men. We need fierce men. We don't need fierce men. Naptuella wrote this. He said, today nearly 50 of us went to the drag queen bingo gathering. Last week in Fond du Lac after church. This week in Waukesha after church. It was 13 degrees outside today. About 150 attended the drag queen show, and it included children being taken inside. When I first arrived, a man was yelling at me from the porch of the tavern. When he stopped, I asked him, so, sir, when did you decide to give up your manhood? By the look on his face, I could tell he hadn't pondered that much and that he also understood my point. Most men in America have lost their manhood. And what is the duty of a man? We live in a nation which has done this to men systematically and by design, by the government, academia, and the media. And the rot it has produced is growing. We had some good conversations and some heated ones. Even three pro-abort death scorts from the baby-murdering death camp were there. One mocked me for my arsons before I knew Christ, and I told her Jesus changed my life and offered her my card and my website, howjesuschangedmylife.com so she could read of what he did in my life, and she took it. We also preached outside the public, outside the place, declaring his law and pointing men to Christ. Some men passing by went out of the way to stop and thank us for being out here. We were out there for about two hours. One man actually acted like he would run us down with his truck. He then exited his truck and shoved one of the women with our group. Quite the shoving match ensued between a dozen of us and a dozen of them. They learned we are not pacifists. Six squad cars arrived. The deputies tried to make us leave an area that I explained to them was public right away. We refused to move. The tavern people had yelled in our faces earlier to get off the area, and we'd informed them also that it was right away, and we refused to move. When the supervisor arrived, as I had requested their superior, he informed both the tavern people and his deputies that we had a right to stand there. The man who shoved the young woman with our group was ticketed. So let me give you a brief exhortation, Matt says. When evil raises its ugly head, it must be confronted. Vinny, say boom. The sodomites and lawless, immoral people already have the large city magistrates in their pockets. Now they spent this last year, not only in Wisconsin, but in other states that we know of, trying to bring their filth to every hamlet, town, and village. I tell Christians everywhere in these small areas that you must confront this evil of, or you will not recognize your community in five years. Somebody say amen. Thank God for Jeff Klein. Amen. Thank God for Jeff Klein. Mm-hmm. You to confront that. As Christians, we are motivated to confront evil for three reasons. Our love for the Lord, our love for those engaged in the evil, and our love for our neighbors, society at large. Now, folks, that's pretty good, isn't it? Our love for the Lord. We're going to go out and stand up for truth because we love the Lord. We're going to go out and stand up for truth because we love those who aren't engaged in that evil. We want to pull them out of it. And number three, our love for our neighbors, which is society at large. We love those little kids that are being lured into homosexuality. Doesn't matter whether or not we hate gays. Ain't got nothing to do with it. I hate Michigan fans. But if I see one of them being raped, I'm going to go rescue them, all right? I don't hate Michigan fans. Understand those who confront evil are always few in numbers. Just read scripture and history, as most only care about themselves. And understand also that the many who refuse to confront the evil will actually distort and redefine love 
in order to justify their indifference to the evil. Even Christians join in this redefinition of love and condemn the Christians who confront the evil. Yeah, Amy Grant. Did you guys see Amy Grant, the the wonderful, wonderful, loving uh, Christian rock star? And she's performing a same-sex wedding for her niece uh, this weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah. The way we know how to love God and love our neighbor is seen in the law and the word of God. We demonstrate love for our neighbor by doing what is seen in his law and his word. Love is defined by the law and word of God. If you divorce the ethic of love from scripture, you can twist and redefine it to justify anything, even two men or two women marrying one another. Do you understand that, folks? If you take love out of the law of God, it becomes whatever you want it to be. I can assure you this tavern will think twice about hosting such filth again in the future. If there was no response, if no one confronted their evil, they would feel emboldened to continue in their evil and corrupt the lives of more adults and children. And the evil would be further embedded in our community. We confronted evil publicly, declared the truth of God's law and word, and pointed men to Christ. May Christ be praised. Hmm. Well, how many churches are doing that? Coach, how can we get a cop? How can I get a copy of that article? Um, I got the best group ever. Spencer will figure out how to do it and put it in copy the chat. Copy and paste. Link it to whatever. That isn't it, folks. Isn't that it? Isn't that really it? Isn't that really Christianity? So Amen. between between what uh, tr- that vi- the video of Trevor Loudon and this, I was I was greatly I was greatly encouraged today. I know I know we're on. I know. Oh, I'll just get turned. Oh, folks, it looks like we might have lost Coach here. Give Do you want me to move ahead with the action, Spencer? Hey, that would be great, Mel. Go right ahead. Okay, great. If you wouldn't mind bringing up the LibertyActionNetwork.com, just stay on the homepage for just a second. Okay, so as you're looking at the page, at the top you see Home, About, and then Actions. So to get to the current action, you click on the action, and you see the first option that says Current Action. You click on that. So we've created a two-letter action about the Brunson versus Alma S. Adams et al. This is the case that Emma mentioned last week. Um, Juan O'Savin did a video, step-by-step video. I've linked that there. But um, what I felt like we needed was some background on the Brunson case, because if you're like me, you kind of want to know what it is you're writing a letter about. So if you click on the first, um, just go ahead and click on both of all three of those links just for a second, just to show what they look like. So the background... For the Brunson case, if you click on that, there's a there's a video there. It's about an hour long. So just know that if you're it's one of the Brunson brothers who's actually asked to speak about it. The second um, one is the five minute video from Wano Saban. And then the third um, option there, the third button is to click and print the letter. If you click on that, you can see you just you pull that up, you print two copies and, um, you know, very good. Thank you, Spencer. If you can go back to the action, please. Down below the, the three buttons, you have the step-by-step instructions on, you know, what you'll need. You need to get two envelopes, two stamps. You know, it really just walks you right through it. It tells you who to address the letters to and um, 
to put one dollar in, in one of the letters. So um, I try to make this simple as possible. I, I hear, you know, how, co how coach coaches us to be simple, and I try to make it very simple and straightforward. Um, I, I did mine, and I'm going to mail them today. You can print two for yourself, print two, print multiple ones, give them to friends and family. These all need to be in. Um, the case is going to be heard on January 6th, so you need to get them in the mail right away. So um, it's an easy action. It's an important action. And I think there's already been a million letters that have been received by the Brunson brothers. The reason that we're sending two letters is that the Supreme Court's not going to be forthcoming with how many letters are received. But the Brunson brothers, you can be sure they're going to be keeping track of every, every letter that's sent. So if you guys have any questions, go ahead and fire away. But otherwise, pretty straightforward. Just go to the LibertyActionNetwork.com, click, click on Actions, and then click on Current Action. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know how I got kicked off here. So I apologize for that. Maybe I hit something. Thanks, Mel. Is, did we get the PDF up? Is the PDF yes, downloadable? Yet? Yep. Good, folks. Let, listen, come on. Let, let's let's do this because this is heading. Uh, let me let me tell you, let me before I got what for before whatever happened there, Myra. I did, I'll let you pray here in a second, Myra. I promise. Friends, we are under absolute demonic assault. Now, as I was saying before. Uh, whatever happened here. The FBI monitors this show. I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm just telling you. I know I know they do. And you have to understand that anything that speaks against the demonic Luciferian regime that's in place, they are considering treason. You guys, you guys know that? Because tell me that you're aware of that, right? The January 6th, that's that's what it was about on January 6th. They 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 want to they have seized control. And their opinion is anybody who goes against their control is trying to overthrow the government, even though the Constitution guarantees the right to petition our government for redress of grievances. And even though the Declaration of Independence says it's our duty to throw off tyrannical government, that when the people who are in control do not represent the will of the people, we got ourselves a problem. We have ourselves a problem right now. We do. We do. And so uh, I'm just I'm just trying to tell you that uh, this is getting more and more and more. This this ain't for sissies. This is not for sissies. They're all in. Luciferians are all in, all in. They've rigged the elections. We know they have, right? And then they call you a name, make fun of you when when you when you stand up and push back against it. They've rigged it. They've rigged, they've stolen elections, including Republicans. Republicans are part of the of the steal. It's not just. See, the, the system is set up so that those who are on, on the in crowd win the elections. Now, they can't do something about an overwhelming election. Let's, let's say that some guy is so popular that it's, you know, 70 to 30. They can't, they can't rig that election. But they can, sure, they can sure rig the 55-45s. They can sure rig the 52-48s. And they're doing that on both sides of the aisle. Don't think that election cheating is happening just with Democrats. If you think that, that you, you're missing you're missing the whole thing of what's going on here, folks. This is this is really really wicked, and that's why the Republicans. Number two things. Number one, the Republicans will not. Have you heard anybody try to get the J Sixers out of jail? You heard of anybody trying to do that? One motion in Congress, one bill put forth in Congress to prom Hey, folks, these guys are supposed to get bail. They've been in jail two years, no bail. Who determined no bail for these guys? Where did that come from, right? Where'd that come from? So number one, if you oppose the government, they're going to lock you up and they're going to throw away the key. 
That's what they're going to do. And they're going to rig elections and they're going to do whatever the hell they want to do because why? They hate Christ and they hate Christ followers. And I've been telling you for as long as I've been on this show, the white evangelical Christian Protestant man is their number one target. Number one target. See, they've got most black men already on, they've already, (laughs) come on, man. They've already denudered. Is that the right word? Neutered. They've already neutered the black male. They've already done that. They've done that through divorce and government dependency and all kinds of other stuff and telling them they're all victims. They don't have to worry about, for the most part, they don't have to worry about the black man. They don't have to worry about the white man either. No, they just come and arrest them. They just come and arrest any of them that stands up against it. That's all That's all they do. And then the dumb rest of us, the stupid rest of us say, well, he he deserved it. He shouldn't have been out there. Well, the government The government said they were violent. So what? you can't do violence. Well, he didn't do violence. He didn't do violence. Well, it doesn't matter. Government said he did. Government said he did. They turned the Oath Keepers into a violent. Oh, <laughs> the Oath Keepers. They, took the, they turned the Oath Keepers into a violent organization when all throughout their history, they've been defending the Constitution, standing up, protecting people. Doing, they, kind of, they kind of do the same thing that we do here at Coach Dave Live. They go provide security and be a righteous. Anyway, anyway. So if, if, you, if you miss that and you don't see what's going on with that, then uh, you, you're missing the whole boat. And, uh, and uh, you really think, <laughs> you really think Amy Coney Barrett can't be influenced by the left? You think they can't threaten her? You think they can't threaten her family? Do you think Amy Coney Barrett made it to the Supreme Court just because she's a wonderful jurist? You're smarter than that, aren't you? You're smarter than that. John Roberts, you see what they you see what they've done to John Roberts, what they've turned him into, right? We see that. So we're face, we're, we're we're just in the midst of like the most unbe- unbelievable time really in American history. And the reason I'm really really excited about it is because we're awake and we're seeing, we're understanding what's going on. We're doing the best we can to push back, but most of our pushbacks are going to have to come locally. And it's going to have to come from those of us who have the stones to stand up and say publicly, locally, what we believe we see and what's going on. We can't continue to cower. The, mo- the, the least Christ-like, hear me, the, you are least like Christ when you fear. The least Christ-like, the least Christ-like characteristic that you could have is cowardice. That's the least Christ-like thing that you could ever have. And the church church is full of it. Pastors are full of cowardice. They're just full of it. They they can hide behind the fact that, uh, uh, you know, we're supposed to obey the government or we don't mix politics. They can hide behind that all all they want to. What's wrong with Matt Truella? Matt Truella runs a church. How come he's out fighting? Bill Dunphy runs the church. How come he's out? Oh, well, those, those are outliers. And America would be a lot better if those guys just went away. Yeah, they said that about the Black Road Regiment, them too. If those guys in, those guys in the 1700s, if they just shut up, we could still be under the queen. Right? Right? Sitting out there saying, well, coach, it's okay because you know what? Uh, <clears throat> we're going to be out of here soon. It all connects. It all comes back. It all connects. I got way ahead of Myra. I supposed to bring her in a few minutes ago. Go ahead, Myra. Come on in. I got more for you. Don't go away. Yes, Coach. 
Good morning, Harold. How are we doing? The reading is going to be from Galatians twenty, uh, Galatians two, one through four. Galatians two, verses one through four. Yes. Let me see. <clears throat> okay. So we're ready to read it. Um, it is written. Then. 14 years after... Time out a minute. Time out a minute. Okay. So then tells you there was something before then. So when you're reading the Bible, understand there wasn't a chapter break here. To really get a good feel for this, we should read Galatians 1 because it leads us to the then. Go ahead, Myra. Yes, Coach. Thank you. I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus with me also. And I went up by revelation and communicated unto them that gospel which I that preach gospel, that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles. Hang on. <laughs> See, he didn't communicate with them the gospel because the gospel is broad. He preached to them that gospel, which he preached among the Gentiles. He preached that one. Not the one they're preaching today. He preached that one. Go ahead. Yes, coach. Thank you. To them, that gospel, which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to them, which were of reputation, lest by any means I should run. Or had run in vain. Hang on a minute. Wait a minute. Privately, he preached the gospel, that gospel, privately to them which were of reputation. You mean to tell me he went to the important folks? He went to the city council? The school boards? What? That's all he, did. he did it privately, though. He went privately to them who were in charge, who have a reputation. Because he knew that if he didn't go to them, he's running in vain. He knew that the average Joe probably wasn't going to do a whole lot about it. So he said, I went to the folks who could really make a difference. But what, Myra? Yes, coach. But neither Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised oh my goodness are you kidding me huh? <laughs> yes. these, these are two guys who weren't saved and they get saved and they said well i ain't doing that to my penis <laughs> i ain't doing that <laughs> go ahead go ahead yes and that because of false brethren unawares brought in who came in privately to spy out our liberty which wow. we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. They, they are infiltrating the oath keepers even back then. Do you see that? Those guys came in, false brothers, snuck in. Yeah, oh, it's always the same. In, infiltration, not invasion. Infiltration. They brought in these false brothers, unaware. We didn't know who they were. They came in privately. <laughs> they snuck in the queue <laughs> to spy out what we were talking about that they might bring us into bonds because they were going to go tell the police. 
or they were going to go tell the FBI, or they were going to go tell their pastor, or they were going to, by the way, uh, Father Frank Pavone of Priest for Life got booted out of the Catholic Church. You guys see that? Father Frank Pavone, the most pro-life priest in the world, probably, got booted out by the Vatican. The Vatican, because why? I bet you some of these guys came in privately to spy out his liberty that he has in Christ Jesus. The day might bring us, can't have that going on. Uh, 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 no, can't have that going on. I'm sorry, Myra. This is so this is so good. This is so much what we're talking about right here, right? Huh? God what Paul, you, said, Paul came in, Paul came in. I used to be lost. I used to go around kill, I used to go around kill these Christians. <laughs> so then I got converted. And then when I got converted, I said, man, I gotta, I gotta tell them that gospel that converted me. That gospel, I can tell them that gospel. And they don't like that gospel. So that's one I'm gonna go tell them, that one. And not only am I gonna go tell them that one, I'm gonna go to the the influential people in town, and I'm going to tell them that gospel. <laughs> I'm going to tell that to them. And then when I tell them that to them, what are they going to do? Well, fuss, f- other fake pastors are going to show up, and they're going to undermine me. You, you, you guys see this picture? Some things never change. Never <laughs> change. Huh? Yes. Never change. Oh, my goodness. Go ahead. Pray, Maya. Pray. Yes, hey, let's pray. Include uh, Mark Mattingly in that and Include Mel. Let's cover Mel in court today. Okay. Thank you, God Father. Um, we pray the catch of protection upon our sister Mel and over Mark, over everybody who's having any type of issues in the family of um, salt and light. The one, the listeners that then they're out there worldwide listening to us. Um, we say, please, God, you already know what's going to happen. And we know that uh, everything's possible with you and there's no, nothing impossible. And greater is he who is in us than the one who is in the world. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to Coach Dave Haddle. And we open our hearts to you. Our released anointing that destroys the power of evil. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 Myra. Thank you, Myra. Thank you. You're welcome. <clears throat> I'm kind of out in the middle of nowhere right now. <clears throat> uh, I'm looking over. I always look over here at my list, make sure, make sure I've covered everything I want to before we really, really dive into what's going on. Rob Pugh, Wisconsin Christian News. F- pull that up there for me. Uh, Rob's really under finance. Look, we're we're all under financial pressure. Can I be honest? Everybody is. Prices are up. Everything's under. <clears throat> but Rob's really under some financial pressure. So you can throw a few bucks his way. I sent a link there. Uh, uh, Spence, can you pull that up there? WisconsinChristianNews.com. Just know this, uh, Rob, uh, just a lot of things going on. And this is all, uh, they operate off of donations. They deliver those, ma- you know, they de- deliver those magazines, those papers, <clears throat> and uh, churches won't even support them. Hey, why? Go back to what Myra is talking about. Churches, can I tell you something? If a pastor gets engaged, he might lose everything. He might lose everything. And they don't realize they're supposed to lose everything. That's the gospel. That's that gospel that Paul preached. That's that gospel. But that's not the gospel that we're preaching. you got to watch the video. you got to watch the video, and you'll see exactly what they did to us, exactly what they did and how they did it to us. And we're in the midst of it. But there's a reformation coming. There's a great reformation. There's a great awakening. There's a great pushback coming, such as the world has never seen. We are going to see it in our lifetime. That's that's what I believe. See it in our lifetime. 
the rising up, the pushing back of men. I got to show, I'm kind of all over the place. Okay, stay with me a second. Go to Oath Keepers. Go to Oath Keepers. Pull that up for me, Spence, real quickly. Go ahead, Jack, while I'm waiting on that. Not everybody else yet. Just let Jack in here. I'll open it up here in a second. Go ahead, Jack. I just wanted to, to note that the Oath, the uh, Black Robe Regiment, did not fear their their uh, local uh, people. And the, the local people did not name them. They did not name themselves. They were named by the king and because they got under his skin so bad. He is the one that they feared. So just note. Yeah. yeah. And so that's Merrick Garland. That's the Justice Department, right? So I don't know if you guys know who John uh, Gondola is. He's a former FBI agent. And he says it's absurd to call Oath Keepers insurrectionists or a national security threat. So he testified in court. But see, look, the guys who are in court in D.C., like Pastor Bill Dunphy, when he's going there, I'm just telling you, without the grace of God upon him, he ain't going to get a fair trial. (laughs) They're not going to get a fair trial because of all the lies that they've told already. We now believe that Oath Keepers are insurrectionists. What? What what the hell are you talking about? They're insurrectionists. And this is a fabulous article. I'm not going to take down to read down to it, but John Gondola, former FBI agent, just testified in court. And it says what state it was in. I can't remember where it was. He In Alaska Superior Court. He was called as a witness in Alaska Superior Court. And he said, what the hell's wrong with you guys? Oath keepers, that's the heart of America. This is a former FBI agent. Oath keepers are the heart of America. These are the guys who swore an oath to protect and defend the Constitution. These guys are not insurrectionists. These guys are defenders of freedom and of liberty. What what you guys are calling isn't true, he says in this article. Scroll Scroll on down with it. So see what they're trying to do, again, is what we just read. We just read, Myra, pull back up what Myra just read. Pull it back up. It doesn't matter, John, if you can't do it. There it is. There it is. Uh, can community Canaan of that gospel, which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to them, which are of reputation. We tried to go to Washington, D.C. and speak to those who are of reputation, lest that by any means I should run or had run in vain. But neither Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. We weren't going to follow these laws that they were trying to put on top of. We weren't going to do it, Paul said. And because of this, they started sending people in, media and calling us uh, the infiltrators, called us false brethren, and we were insurrectionists. And by the way, most of America believed them. Most of America believed them. Boom. So I don't know how. I mean, I... It's it's in the Lord's hands, but we are folks. We are so we are so so up against it. We don't even understand what it is that we're up against, and we won't stand up and we won't push back. You say, Coach, you sound like a broken record. No kidding, no kidding. Because what Jeff Klein is doing at school boards is at the heart of the gospel. It's at the heart of it, folks. It's at the heart of it. And I don't want to scare Jeff Klein because I know he's not going to get scared. You don't think he'd like to lock his butt up? huh? <laughs> you don't think he'd like to lock his butt up? Of course they would, right? Why? Because he's not getting circumcised. No, I ain't going to do that. I'm going to be circumcised. You're not going to turn me into a woman. I'm not going to do that. And unfortunately, this message that we're preaching here, 
Matt Tuella's message? Matt Tuella, popular guy in, in Wisconsin, you suppose all the pastors can't wait and have fellowship and eat chicken bones with him? Think so? Think they're picking over chicken bones with Matt Tuella? Hell no, they're not. Why? Because he's calling them to account of their cowardice. He said, I ain't getting circumcised. You guys go ahead if you want to. I ain't going to, not me. I'm not going to do that. I'm not, you're not going to fall. You're not going to pull me under that false law. See, it's not the law of God. It's now the law of man. They're pulling us under that false law of man. You see, something's never changed. The enemy never changes. He always operates through fear and deception and lies. His tactics never change. And we swallow them hook, line, and sinker, right? They are teaching young boys. They can be young girls. And Amy Grant's solution to it is, hmm, join with them. I sing pretty songs. I sing all kinds of pretty songs about worshiping Jesus. I guess I'll marry my lesbian niece. That's where we are. Janine. You know, you've for I, as long as I've known you, which is many years, you've always said we've been in a war. If you look up in the 1828 dictionary, the bottomless pit, it says Satan was thrown in the bottomless pit. Um, bottomless means endless. And if you look it up, it says abyss. Well, the abyss is thy throne is darkness. It's a continuous darkness. And pit means a war like like the Colosseum, there's continuous fighting. So who has the key to the bottomless pit? Christ. We mm. are in a war, and if we don't put the ark in front of us, we're fighting Satan, and we don't even realize it. And, no, they, and the church have told us it's somewhere out there. You know, it's, it's like in la-la land. No, it's happening right here. We're in a fight in the bo- against the bottomless pit endless war with satan janine uh you know this is kind of a this kind of off the cup we'll seem off the cup to you guys uh my our little grandson david is um his mom and daddy got him into wrestling they got him into a little wrestling he's how old is david six maybe seven i don't know weighs 72 pounds so he's been going to wrestling workouts a couple nights a week and then they had the first meet this week just at the ymca i think it was and uh his dad signed him up and uh, signed him up. There were two levels. There's a novice, and there's what I can't remember what the other term is. There's a little seven year old David Morgan, his daddy, signed him up in the wrong class. David's a novice, he'd never been on a wrestling mat in his life. Morgan signs him up to wrestle by accident, to wrestle against the more experienced guys. Well, David got pinned twice yesterday. You know what I said? Praise the Lord. <laughs> You learn to defeat, baby. You learn to defeat. I said, David, uh, what did you learn yesterday? He said, stay off my back. That's it, isn't it? Stay off your back. What more do you need to know? And I said, David, listen, those pins are going to launch you into victory. You're going to remember those days when those guys pinned you because you didn't know what you were doing, and you're going to pin them, David. Uh, sometimes getting your butt beat is the best thing that can happen to you. But we Christians are not pin cushions. We're not supposed to continue to get pinned. 
was the pushback. I'm so proud David got his butt pinned twice. You learn to fight back. Go ahead, Jeff. Coaches, you've been speaking about this, and you talked like the other day about being in the trenches and in a foxhole and needing other men. Recently, I think you remember Dudley from the garage. Dudley's a he's a tough guy, firefighter, EMS, carries his gun. He'll wave his flag and stand. He's just bold. And he's coming along, coming along. Well, the other night he messaged us a, a ma- email or a text. He'd like to do a night. There's some book called The Doorkeeper. It's about men and fathers. He wants to do another night and get together with men. He needs it, he says. So we were talking, and I talked to Ricky, and I said, you know what? I can't do another night. I can't do another night of a little book study and a get-together. You know, and so Dudley... He sent me a message last night because we've kind of got back with him. Here's what it says. Listen to this. Hello and good evening, my brothers. First, I would just like to give God all the glory and praise for giving me the courage to speak up. I started reading this book, Doorkeeper, as a study is what I've with. Blah, blah, blah. I felt I needed to share it with other men. I have a longing for just time to be with men. I miss this as a child, by the way. I want to learn what was learned in years past by you, our church body. It's talking about Pastor Bill and us guys, you and all of us going to the clinics and the gay parades. That's what he meant. He says, oh, I felt this need for some time. Now, my wife can only give me so much sharpening. But the true edge comes from those who bear the scars, who have run the race. I feel the Lord's call. I feel the Lord calls all of us, but in different capacities. That's what makes the church body unique. Ricky, I love you, brother, and appreciate where you're coming from. But I just but I really feel convinced to have just men time that I have needed this my entire life. So I just called him. I sent him a message last night, called him just now, said, turn on the show, Dudley, turn on the show. He's been on a couple of times in the past. So he's going to take his kids to school this morning. He's going to click on, listen to the show. I said, Dudley, you need this every morning. There's some men in there, Clay and Jeff and Randy and Doc, all of them said, you need this every morning for the next two, three weeks. This is what we got to do with these men. There's men out there like Dudley. They need it. They want it. Yeah, of course they do. Of course so they, do. Of course they do. Join in. Listen, if you share this with the show and they don't like it, it's, hey, it's just sifting. It's just sifting. That's what I say. They're just sifting. Hey, look, I ain't getting circumcised. Come on, Julie. Good morning. <clears throat> I was at Home Depot Saturday. And I was uh, telling the cashier, I said, I don't go to, to Tractor Supply anymore. And she's like, why? So I told her the whole story. And she's like, yeah, yeah. And um, she says, well, she says, uh, that doesn't affect me. And I was like, there, you know, and I told him about the kids and everything. And I was, I was really taken back. But anyway, I just spoke for the Lord. And so there was another lady in there that was my friend. Or her, she said, yeah, she's, I said, there's no fear of God anymore. She says, yep. I said, we got to get the truth out to these people. Amen. We got to get the truth out to the people. Yeah, we do. We do. Uh, infiltration. Hey, I get, say it again. Is it in the chat? Did you put that to Trevor Loudon in the chat? You listen to that, you'll know what's happening. Go ahead, Roger. Come on in. Well, I was just, uh, when you were talking about your, your grandson, I was thinking of a comment that the uh, Michigan State 
coach, um, Tom, I forget his last name, but he was illustrating how this whole portal phenomenon where the kid can transfer wherever he wants at any time is terrible. Not, not so much, he's not against the kid wanting to transfer, but it doesn't allow him to fail. It doesn't allow him not to get what he wants. Amen. And he says that's the most dangerous thing is the idea that we've set up a system now in college basketball and football or any sport, I guess, now, where if you don't like something, instead of failing and persevering, and he made reference to a number of pro players who hardly played any in college, but they persevered through failure, then were successful. So at all levels, at David's wrestling match to the, the big boys, we are preventing failure, which is good. Romans chapter 5. Pull that up for me. I think it's, chapter, I think it's Romans chapter 5. Maybe it's 4. Romans 5. Pull it up there real quick. Let me see. <clears throat> Could be wrong here. Yes. Uh, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into his grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope for the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. What? How many of you out there are praying that your children don't have any tribulations? How many of you out there are praying you don't have any tribulations? Lord, don't give me any problems here. Just make everything nice and comfortable. Lord, please don't do that. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience. By the way, what's tribulation? What's, what does Webster say tribulation is? What is tribulation? Not the, not the great tribulation. It's noun. means to thrash, to beat, severe affliction. Your stresses of life, vexations. In scripture, it often denotes the troubles and distresses which proceed from persecution. Wow. In this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Go back to chapter 5. Not only so, but we glory in problems, knowing that those problems worketh patience, and patience brings us experience, and experience brings us hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. So you have to, you have to swim your way through tribulations to develop hope and strength. That's what boot camp's about. Can you imagine church as a boot camp? Can you imagine that? Can, can you imagine what you, if you went to your pastor, instead of him rubbing you on the back and telling you how brave you were, can you imagine if he just said, man, life sucks. Suck it up, dude. Lord's teaching you something in this. This, this pain, this may not come from the Lord. It's probably the devil, but take it for what it is, as a tribulation. It's going to give you hope and strength and the ability to push through. Be of good cheer. Don't give in. Folks, that's life, man. That's life. And they do not teach that in the church. When we run into trouble, 
in the church, we do not pray that the Lord would strengthen us through it. We pray that the Lord would deliver us from it. Boom. And my football coaching experience teaches me that when you get your butt beat, you either get better or you get worse. And the worst thing I can do as a coach is when we just get our butt beat is to tell you how brave you are. And the referees weren't fair. The best thing I can teach you is you're laying down and your arms are scraped and your knees are scraped and blood's coming out of your nose to say, hey, dude, you got to get tougher. We got to get stronger. We have to persevere. We have to push through. Those other guys are mean. It's going to be like that your whole life. Suck it up. Push back. That message is missing from the church. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. 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 Just bend over and take it and just pray that it doesn't hurt too bad. That, that's, that's it. Did, did, it ever, did it ever dawn on you that maybe the Lord let that come into your life? Huh? Want you to do some push-ups with that thing? Huh? Ever dawn on it? I'm glad David got his butt pinned. Come on in, Roger Gates. Yeah, Coach, I just wanted to let you know, I, I, I checked on a church nearby yesterday where I live. And during the lockdown, they had uh, the mandates and everything, and they had people going to church in a, in a car and listening to it on the radio. They are still doing that, even though the sure. mandates have been taken away. This is how that has affected us. I mean, yep, yep. People, they ought to at least go to church, get out of the car, and go in. You know, <laughs> and yeah, sit so, down. I, I, I say, Roger. So here's a here's a good question. <clears throat> Think the FBI is coming after me or after your pastor or after that pastor? Which one do you think? No, he's not coming after that one. They ain't coming after him, are they? They ain't coming after him. (laughs) That's for sure. No, no, no. They they don't need him. Hey, I'm going to tell you this. He'd probably probably get raped in prison and and like it. Probably would. Come on in, Jack. Jack, you hear me? Clay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, just a just a quick note. Um, when I was on submarines, I was part of the emergency team. I knew how to use all the tools. I knew how to make uh, plugs and stop leaks and all that stuff. And then I went to the school, and I knew I already knew this stuff. And until that that pest tank, that training tank, when that water got up almost to my waist, I learned how to do it real quick. <laughs> it, got, it got real, real quick. That's right. That's hey, right. Hey, nobody likes persecution. Nobody likes tribulation. You survive it, man. You're a better man for it. Clay, go then, Dale. Hey, then, Spence, get ready. Uh, get uh, get up there, the uh, tw- the Twitter thing. Get that up there for me, then. Well, last night, Coach, I was Excellent. watching uh, the newest episode of The Chosen. Now, I know it's not completely along with Scripture, but I'm telling you what, it was powerful. And it went along, it goes along with trials and tribulation. And it really made me think of Mark Mattingly and some of the other people that have health issues that, that they have to deal with for their whole lives or for a long time. And what happened was Jesus was sending out the disciples two by two. And he told them they were going to uh, heal people and cast out demons. And all of them, all of them were like, uh, just couldn't believe it. You know, they couldn't believe that they were going to be able to do this. So uh, uh, little James caught Jesus off to the side, and he said, uh, Jesus, how am I going to heal people when I've got a health problem of my own? 
because he's got something wrong with his leg. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Jesus told him, he said, uh, if I heal you, what would you, what good would that do you? And he said, uh, well, I can go out and tell everybody that you healed me. And he said, well, well, he said, I've already got 70 or 75 people that can do that. And there's going to be hundreds more. He said, so he said, you, you believe, you believe, and you know, I'm God, God's son, and you're not healed. He said, you're, you're, you're going through this trial and tribulation of, of life, and you're going to be able to go out and you're going to tell everybody that you believe and you know I'm the son of God, even though you haven't been healed and that you're going through these trials and tribulation. He said, how much more of an impact are you going to have on the world than these people that are healed? Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. Dale. Well, brother, remember when Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this. He didn't say pray this. And he got yeah. to the point. He said, deliver us from evil. He didn't say deliver us from trials and tribulations, right? He, right? he prayed this. And brother, let me tell you what. I don't know if you saw that thing by John MacArthur. If I got just a minute, it says prior to the 1960s, no one expected the church service to be entertaining. No one wanted to be told to touch their neighbor and repeat a a trite phrase suggested by the preacher. No one thought of worship as a physical stimulation. No one dreamed of using flashing lights and smoke screens to set up the atmosphere in a worship service. No one demanded to be told that God accepts them just the way they are. When you went to church, you expected to be thoughtful, quiet, prayerful, sober, and reflective. The service was ordered so that the word of God was central. It was read and proclaimed with the aim of leading you to understanding, conviction, transformation, and elevation. Brother, this is right because church service, right, is when you go back to that chosen thing, one of the things when the, the, they were sitting around the table and the one said, Lord, I, I don't feel anything. Jesus looked at him and says, I don't need you to feel anything. See, that's we're, we're, we base our church services all on the emotional yep. experiences. Amen. Amen, brother? He didn't so, call yeah. us. Check out the video, man. Check out the video in there. I'm he telling you. He didn't call us away from trials and tribulations. Oh, man. But he said to deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. Okay, so I want to, uh, I got a clip I want to show you here real quick. Put it at, uh, put it at 1.5 speed. Uh, this is from the X-Files. But I didn't watch the X-Files. This blew me away when I saw this. This is from about, uh, how long ago? 10 years ago? 15 years ago? When were the X-Files all the rage? Listen to this. Go ahead. What's that? Pat O'Malley has been making claims. Claims about what? You and everyone you know has a piece of DNA in your genome put there without your knowing it. Put there by whom? Well, that's the question of the day. This is an internet lunatic. You're not saying you believe him. Hold on, Agent Einstein. You're talking to a scientist. Uh, Forgive me, Assistant Director. It may sound insensitive, but the suggestion is pure science fiction. What I'm saying, Agent Einstein, is that the facts, as I understand them, cannot be discounted out of hand. No one has the right or the ability to tamper with your DNA. Unless we gave them that ability. You say they're tampering with our DNA, that they're able to shut down our immune systems by the addition of something to our DNA. Yes, but I don't know how exactly. Or how it's being triggered. I don't know that either. Or why it's happening now. What can we possibly do? We need to act quickly. You were right about that. Well, I was wrong about the science. 
I was wrong about what's causing it, dead wrong, in fact. It, but it's clearly a widespread failure of our immune systems. Through gene tampering. A virus within a virus that was put there through the smallpox vaccine. It's what these men are calling the Spartan virus. We have to figure this out. What's wrong with the science? Okay. The Spartan virus removes the adenosine deaminase gene from your DNA. Removes the ADA gene and your immune system will simply vanish. Yeah, but I'm not getting sick. It's only a matter of time. Okay. So how does it work? How does the virus remove the ADA gene? A process called CRISPR-Cas9. CRISPR-Cas9. RNA and a protein cutting genes at exact locations. Exactly. But in this instance, used as a weapon. The ultimate weapon. The ability to depopulate the planet. To kill everyone but the chosen. By tampering with their DNA. Through gene editing. Why do such a thing and lie about it? Oh, and government. Your own government lies as a matter of course, as a matter of policy. The Tuskegee experiments on black men in the 30s, Henrietta Lacks. What are they trying to do? That's the missing piece. But it's not hard to imagine. A government hiding, hoarding technology for 70 years at the expense of human life and the future of the planet. Driven not only by corporate greed, but a darker objective. The takeover of America. And then the world itself, by any means necessary, however violent or cruel or efficient, by severe drought brought on by weather wars, conducted secretly using aerial contaminants and high-altitude electromagnetic waves in a state of perpetual war to create problem, reaction, solution scenarios to distract, enrage, and enslave American citizens at home with tools like the Patriot Act and the National Defense Authorization Act, which abridge the Constitution in the name of national security. The militarization of police forces in cities across the U.S., the building of prison camps by the Federal Emergency Management Agency with no stated purpose, the corporate takeover of food and agriculture, pharmaceuticals and healthcare, even the military in clandestine agendas to fatten, dull, sicken, and control a populace already consumed by consumerism. And I encourage you all to go shopping more. A government that taps your phone, collects your data, and monitors your whereabouts with impunity. A government preparing to use that data against you when it strikes. And the final takeover begins. The takeover of America. By a well-oiled and well-armed multinational group of elites that will cull, kill, and subjugate. Happening as we sit here. It's happening all around us. The other shoe waiting to drop. It'll probably start on a Friday. The banks will announce a security action necessitating their computers to go offline all weekend. Digital money will disappear. They can just steal your money? Followed by the detonation of strategic electromagnetic pulse bombs to knock out major grids. What will seem like an attack on America by terrorists or Russia. An invasion of the U.S. The Russians tried it in 47. Wow, huh? What? I don't know how long that ago that was, but baby, is that what we're talking about or not, huh? Somebody said the blue experience, they got to tell you what's going on. They can't just pop it on you. They have to let you know, folks, now's the time, man. Now's the time for those of us who, uh, who understand what's going on to stand up and speak up despite what the consequences might be because what are the consequences if we don't? Hey, pray for uh, pray for Mel today. Pray for Mark Mattingly. Pray for our country. We'll see you tomorrow.